everybody. Welcome to the Hallmarkies podcast. And we're really excited today. This has become kind of a yearly tradition as they've been doing a Hanukkah themed film every year for Countdown to Christmas. Uh, so we've every year uh, we have been talking about the films and had Stacey Agdurn on. And thank you so much for coming back. Of course. I really, really enjoy having these discussions with you, Rachel, yeah. like, and just being, on, and I love the podcast. So, well, thank you. And uh, well, this is a good chance to get caught up with you. You have been busy writing. Yes. Um, so <laughs> my next, it's, it's interesting to talk about my new stuff and last night's and, and um, Hanukkah on Rye because, um, so my next book is called The Bene Mitzvah Mistake. It comes out June 1st, 2023. And then right after that is a book called The Dating Contract, which which the release date is uncertain, but uh-huh. they do in the series. It's a four book series about two sets of cousins um, oh. and a wedding and sort of the cycle of a wedding and what happens. Um, but one of the interesting things, which I will talk about later, is one of the interesting subplots of um, The Bene Mitzvah of a Mistake which ties into the conversation that we'll be having later about Hanukkah and Rye. But yeah, so new series, like um, two That would be amazing. Four books, huh? Yeah, I'm excited. Um, Maybe it's a mistake. It's about two people in their 30s who, for various reasons, did not have a chance to have their um, bar bat mitzvahs as kids. So as adults, they decide that this is time to do it. They both take a class and they are stuck sharing a date. Oh, and they have a bit of a history. Uh-huh. Um, he is the hockey. He is the retired hockey player who, at the beginning of his career, derailed her sister, her younger sister's career as a sports agent. Oh, so there are there are issues and questions. And, so and what's it called again? It's called the B'nai Mitzvah mistake. Oh, that's gonna be fun. Yeah, and so you and you have two other holiday films. You have Love and Latkes. Yep. And uh and then you have Miracles and Menorahs. Yes. Um yeah. Miracles and Menorahs came out in 2020. Um and Love and Lockus came out uh in 2021. And hopefully, as things go, book three in this new series is also a Hanukkah book. Um with a character from Love and Lockus getting his own story. Oh, that'll be fun. Oh, oh good. I, I love that in romance novels when the 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 spinoffs. Yes, like that's fun. Like my favorite thing is like how people like that's how series work. Yeah. Speaking in romance novels, you know, you've got you introduce a group of friends and they all get their stories and you get to follow them all along in love, or whether it's friends, whether it's cousins, whether it's sisters, whether it's people on a hockey team or a baseball team, you know, you see them all and it's kind mm-hmm. of a, and I wish they did that more in these movies. You see it like, I guess a little bit in the evergreen movies, but even those movies, they, they usually brought in somebody new. They didn't spin yeah. off mm-hmm. except for the last one. And uh, so I would love that in more of these movies. Like if you're going to do a series, instead mm-hmm. of, instead of telling us what happens with the main couple from do a spinoff and then have the have the other couple come in for Mm -hmm. a couple scenes like that's to me is it would be really fun yeah no it is really cool I like Mm -hmm. the wedding the wedding veil trilogies Mm -hmm. for that reason because Mm -hmm. they do right they have the three friends and their stories or um 
Oh gosh. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they do coming up with the wedding veil because yeah, now they have them all three girl, all three women coupled up. Mm-hmm. So what do they do next? Are they gonna do kind of the spin-off model or I'd be curious to see what they do. Yeah. yeah. So we've talked about this pretty much every time we have uh if we've covered one of these Hanukkah movies, but you always say that uh that Hanukkah is a, a holiday of identity. Mm-hmm. Um, and so why don't you just for people maybe haven't heard that before, why don't you explain a little bit more what more what you mean by that? So when we talk about holidays that have, and I was thinking about this last night, holidays that have religious impact in the context of the Jewish calendar, Hanukkah is not really high up there. You have Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, who are the, which are the big two central, like religious, like holiest holidays of the year, and then followed by Passover and Purim, and you've got a whole bunch of other holidays that sort of somehow, manu- you know, fit in there, but Hanukkah is, is towards the bottom. But because of its location in the calendar and because of what it celebrates, it has become a holiday where American Jews can stand up and say, you know, I celebrate Hanukkah, aka I am Jewish. You know, it's become a holiday of of cultural pride in being proud of your culture because really that's what it celebrates aside from the miracle of the oil it also celebrates you know fighting for fighting for freedom fighting for the ability to celebrate you know fighting for the ability to sell to be jewish and yeah and, and I think that makes a lot of sense that and and I think it is what is maybe trickier about making a movie around it is kind of capturing that sense of identity without sort of diving too much into some of the religious things. If you think about it with Christmas, like we really hardly ever talk about the actual religious meaning behind the holiday as far as, I mean, you almost never see it in nat- nativity, uh, maybe on some of the movies and mysteries occasionally, like if there was sort of one for a joke with, uh, with the, um, undercover holiday and three wise men. Uh, but, uh, but, uh, it's pretty rare that you get like sort of scenes, uh, in, where you're talking about Christ and, and the birth and Bethlehem, you know, you just don't see that that much, maybe on something like Kirk Franklin, uh, or the gift of peace where they're trying to be a little more religious, but it's just, it's just become pretty secularized. So it makes um, it easier to make a movie about it. But it's also, as I said, like, like because within the context of the faith, it's, it's one, it's the holiday where everybody comes home It because it, it yeah. doesn't have that internal impact. So it's easier to say, we're going to make a Christmas movie because it's like, you know, that sort of underlying aspect of it being that's one of those two big religious holidays. So like, it's mm-hmm. easier to say like, we're going to make a Christmas movie because we know like internally, like everybody is celebrating a reverse church or whatever, or, like, you know, gets together and like celebrates, you know, in that sort of sense. Whereas with Hanukkah, I feel the much more successful movies focus not on the holiday itself, but an event surrounding it. Yeah. Yeah. And so I was going to as- say, that, that really, I mean, they do have, we'll talk more about uh, the uh, the outdoor, you know, menorah celebration, but they, they try to work it in. But really, you could have this movie set at any time of the year, you I think, could. with with them you know with the matchmakers and the and the writing the letters and the the buying the doll, all that stuff could be done any time of the year. 
yeah, but it's, it's, but I think like it has much more of an impact, like tying, tying all of the things together has, a, has much more of an impact mm-hmm. because it is Hanukkah. Because if you, it, you know, for example, if you tied it into a Passover concept, like mm-hmm. the whole concept would have to be different because of what Passover means and celebrates. Yeah. That's like, interesting. If, you know, it's, it's kind of like, um, or, you know, or if you moved it to say like a Purim holiday, again, like the whole story would have to change because of how the holiday is observed or like what happens around it. Mm-hmm. So like having it happen during um, December, during Hanukkah allows it to focus on um, not only the sort of holiday itself but also the specific culinary questions which Mm -hmm. is another thing I was really excited to have that come to really excited to see yeah we'd like to take a second and thank our sponsor for this episode of the podcast calling all pride and prejudice fans lizzie shane the award-winning author of the pine hollow series has a brand new small town romance on the shelves and this time it has a jane austen twist In Pride and Puppies, a Jane Austen fan struggling to find her modern-day Mr. Darcy decides to swear off men and adopt an adorable puppy, only to find herself catching feelings for her sweet, not-at-all-Darcyous neighbor. Lizzie Shane's Pine Hollow series has been called an irresistible blend of heart, humor, and a whole lot of puppy love. Don't miss Pride and Puppies, available now wherever books are sold. To learn more, visit www.lizzieshane.com or use our affiliate link in the description. That's lizzieshane.com. Let's talk about it. Uh, And uh, it's Hanukkah on Rye and this is on the 19th and it, and it stars Jeremy Jordan, Yael Groblas and the director to Peter DeLuise and writer Julie Sherman Wolf. And it's a matchmaker connects Molly and Jacob, but their new romance is put to the test when they realize that they are competing deli owners. Will a Hanukkah miracle keep them together? So I guess we should say just overall, what did you think of the movie? I thought it was fantastic. Like, um, you know, if, if we're giving it stars this early, I would say five out of five. Yeah. Yeah, I completely agree. I think this might be Julie Sherman Wolf's best script that she's ever written, which is saying a lot because mm-hmm. I really admire her and love her. Yes. Uh, and this might be my favorite movie of the whole season. It's yeah. definitely, which is like, I, 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 there's a side of me that's like, I never thought that a Hanukkah would be my favorite of Countdown to Christmas, but it was, hey, I yeah. thought, so well done, this hey. movie. It was fantastic. It was so good. And uh, one of the things that uh, straight off that I thought was so great about this movie was that she didn't feel the need to explain Hanukkah and the cost and the customs and their things to uh, to the audience. Uh, one of the things, as you probably heard yesterday, listening back to the episode, I didn't like about last year's Hanukkah movie, which most people seem to like a lot more than I did. But uh, one thing I didn't like is they had this character at the Hanukkah celebrations that was only there so that they could explain every single thing that was happening to this non-Jewish character. And I, I just felt like not only did that just sort of bog the movie down, but it just, I felt like it was kind of insulting to the audience 
that like, I mean, I, I know that we might not know the intricacies of like the prayers and, you know, some of the, the more specific stuff, but I think most people know like what a menorah is. I mean, I don't know. I just felt like this was annoying. And if you don't know what something is in a movie, like you still can appreciate kind of, even if I don't understand completely what something means, I can appreciate that the character does and that the character appreciates it. And it's important to the character. And then I just go on and continue to watch what's happening to the character. I don't need to have the Wikipedia character in there to explain everything to me. Uh, that's just, I don't know. I don't like that at all. And I was so happy in this movie that they didn't do that at all. Like they, they had some exposition in the sense of like what, what had happened to the grandmothers and, you know, some of the other things, uh, about the community, but there was no, like, here's what a menorah is. And here's what the eight, you know, <laughs> nice also mean. like, also like, I think this, this movie in a lot of ways marked sort of the official, like, we are now going to have capital H Hanukkah movies mm -hmm. from now yeah. on. Like, you know, we talked, you know, one of the things like it's, it's been this progression, you know, yeah. from double holiday, holiday date in 2019, 2019's movie, Love Lights Hanukkah. Last year, the eight gifts of Hanukkah, like it's, it's been a progression and we've slowly gotten to the point where they no longer have to teach the audience about Hanukkah anymore because right. it's all it's become a staple, you know, within and now and now we're here and I can't wait to see what's next. But like yeah. this is this is that sort of like time where we're there, you know, where they've taken the journey, where they've arrived and they're not going back. I was not able to see the viewing when it aired. Mm -hmm. So I don't know in terms of the colors and the marks and the, the sort of like headlining discussions about it. But one of the Same things way. I also loved, like whether they like use the countdown to Christmas, whether they like use different colors in like, um, you know, the backgrounds and stuff, I didn't really get to see that. So I can't really talk about that. Mm -hmm. But what I did love as well this year was also the music, like, mm -hmm how the music integrated I think there was like Sevivan um and a couple of the other traditional songs that were tied into the music that was composed for the movie and that was something we also talked about last year I mean I have no idea if anybody from Hallmark listens to the podcast I think Julie does so maybe yeah. you know that helped uh but uh but yeah we talked about last year that they at the they literally had like a whole scene of dancing with I forget the song, yeah, but okay. like, it wasn't a Hanukkah song at all. A random 90s song. And it was just yeah, like, yeah, yeah. when like, <laughs> there were so many, when there were and still are so many other Hanukkah songs, but I I love the fact that Lisa Lowe, they pulled in Lisa yes. Lowe, she played her Hanukkah song, Light, which I loved. So yeah. it was really good. That was yes. really cool uh, that they they did that and uh, it just made the whole experience so immersive and yeah. and uh, and I loved the whole cast I thought it was amazing and the the story was just so well executed like I don't know how you walk away from anybody walks away from this movie not being like that was a well done movie for what they were trying to do you know like it was, it was perfect it was like, yeah I mean it was please like more of this kind of yeah. like story and one of the things I really really loved about it was how 
And they tied the conversation into the actual problem of Jewish delis staying in business in New York. Um, in, I want to say it was in 2021, Kevin Pang through the America's Test Kitchen podcast had a podcast about this exact question. And I thought it was interesting because that podcast came out like a month after Love and Lock is. So like that was a thing that was on my mind. And like the sort of the the changes that are happening on the Lower East Side um, and sort of like the loss of history and like what's going on and like the Tenement Museum, like all of that conversation, which actually side note goes into putting this, but it was interesting to see that in a Hallmark movie. Yeah. I did not expect that like 201 or 301 level conversation. Like that was kind of amazing. Like I was, aside from everything else, I was like, this is next level. Yeah, I did not know that that was like a thing, that that was a problem that was happening. Absolutely. Yeah, very interesting. Uh, well, I mean, just uh, restaurants in general. I mean, I was, uh, certainly the pandemic really just hurt that industry the most. And uh, there was actually an article just uh, here about Utah it, restaurants uh, a couple of weeks ago that's saying that actually this last year has been harder for them in many ways than even the 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 height of the pandemic year than 2020 um, and uh, and going into just that it's been really hard for them to you know the people still aren't you know I guess eating out as much and that you know in it's one thing to kind of keep yourselves open when you're closed and you don't have any expenses. Right. Yeah. Uh, but then it's another thing. Uh, I mean, aside from rent, you do have expenses, but less expenses, yeah. but to, mm-hmm. to keep things going in this where like, everything's gotten so expensive. Food costs have gotten so expensive. Uh, and, uh, and this year, uh, so anyway, it is a, it's a thing that's happening, but I didn't know, I guess that it was particularly yep. a problem with the Jewish deli scene it in New York. It's good. interesting. I, yep. Yeah. Uh, so it starts out with her trying to make the egg cream for her grandma and they're like, yep. no, thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, so she's struggling with that. And I just loved all the casting, both families I thought were so good. His grandmother, I've seen her in a bunch of different movies and I love to see her in this one. And as a little side note, she reminded me of my own grandmother on my dad's side, my grandmother, um, Ruth Krupp. So seeing her and like her particular sort of movement, like reminded me very much of her. Yeah. Paula Shaw. She is so good in these movies. She did a great yeah she was really good and uh yeah all all of the families just felt like authentic I would believe that these were our families I can yes very (laughs) very very much so um and then like they were correct and like you can think about this and think about that movie that I refuse to discuss in detail from like 20 whatever the hell and like see the changes in like the nuance of casting the nuance of acting the nuance Mm -hmm. of the story like you literally look at these characters like the older characters especially and they walk that line between that authenticity and stereotype and it's gorgeous it's beautiful like I recognize my family 
Well, and we've seen so many examples of this. Uh, it actually goes way back to a play called uh, La Perfumerie, I think is what it's called. But then it was shop around the corner and mm-hmm. uh, good old summertime. And then yep. you've got mail yep. and we've seen it many times. She loves me on Broadway. Uh, it's, yep. it's a story that just works. This yes. idea that two people are communicating with each other, falling in love, but they don't like each other or they know each other on the outside. So there's mm-hmm. this dual relationship. Yeah. It just works. It's a great it story. It's a great plot device. It's, it's, it's a proven trope. It's a proven, yeah. proven plot device. And when you've got this great cast to pull it off, like like Jeremy mm-hmm. George walked that line between Oshucks and like business. You can see the businessman in him like diving out there. Um, yes. And he's the Ashok's adorable cutie. And at the same time, he is also like the shark. So it's really, really interesting to see all of these aspects of him and like mm-hmm. how he's diving in on that side. And like, Yael Groblas is, is awesome. Like she's very much like, you could see the New York, like even though like, obviously like it's not, does not, you know, the, the story takes place in New York, even though it's not New York sort of feel to it, if that makes any mm-hmm. sense. Like it's the, the location was not, New York. that's right. Yeah. Um, but like you could you could see the personality that she pulls off and it's mm-hmm. wonderful in her character and it's amazing. Yeah, I love both of them so much. I had never seen her before. I guess she was on Jane the Virgin. I that uh she was on that show. Uh so I but I, I haven't watched that show, but uh but I just loved her so much. I thought she was great. Great job. I uh, yeah. And he was great. I mean, I've, I'm a huge fan of his, so I knew, yes. you know, that I would love him, but I thought that they had really great chemistry. And I kind of liked the fact that they didn't really have, it wasn't like Jimmy Stewart and, um, and it wasn't like in, um, shop around the corner or you've got mail in the sense that like, in this case, they liked each other outside yes. of, outside of the writing. She I was like, actually concerned was- because she's like, I'm in love with this guy i'm getting in love with him and yet i'm writing this other guy that i'm also you know in falling for so it was a little bit different dynamic than you typically see in the story yeah and the other thing that i loved about it was that he was trying to save her business in a way that none of the other incarnations in the story you've seen and Mm -hmm. i really liked that aspect of it that he was like as he was in New York for longer and longer, he realized like what her family did and what her family's heritage was, you know? Yeah. And yeah. He, he wasn't really ever a bad man of business No, that, that had to kind of come around and be reformed. And, and I, I think that with, in you've got Mel's case, he, because it's Tom Hanks, it comes a long way in us saying, okay, we understand why he had to do what he did. And he, why he can kind of come around and he has his, uh, has his, uh, what is, I forget what he calls it, but, uh, um, when he's, uh, he's, he, he has his mission to win her back over. I forget what he calls it, but, but anyway, until so you kind of buy it, I think because it's Tom Hanks and he's so likable. Uh, but, uh, but in this case, yeah, for the, from like, he is actively like stressing about how he's going to, to talk to his family and convince them that they yep. shouldn't do this. And, uh, and, uh, so I, I thought that was great. I agree. I thought he was a really great character, really well written, really yep. well acted. He, he was so charming. Yes. 
Yeah. I would have, I would have wanted him to have sung, you know, little mouths or something like that, you know, somewhere, maybe like mm-hmm. a little, you know, little, I have a little dreidel, maybe, you know, oh, is that his family is in California, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. His family's in California. And I think actually they didn't have a deli. I think what they have is a diner. Um, cause you go to diners, they usually have these huge menus with lots of different, uh, uh, options and lots of different cuisines and, uh, and, uh, and their philosophy was we want everyone to feel at home. So there'll be something for everyone. Um, and so they have fajitas and fettuccine and, uh, all this stuff. And, uh, they, they kind of, is that, uh, their menu is an American melting pot with a side of pickles. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. But, uh, I don't know. Do you agree? I think it was an interesting take on things. I mean, like I've seen like, you know, I don't know if they went, you know, I don't know if the LA restaurant is kosher or not. I don't even know. Um, yeah. They didn't really talk about that, but like, um, you know, whether, I mean, I don't think it is. Cause they have, again, they have the double menu with like the fajitas and like the, the, the pastrami in the same place. So probably mm-hmm. so definitely not kosher. I take that back. Um, but like, cause fajitas, cheese, et cetera. Anyway. Yeah. Um, but like, um, you know, a restaurant, sure, diner, I don't know. I mean, I think like, like, I think for me, the term, but you know what I mean? Like in New Jersey, you go to those diners and they have like huge menus, right? There's like a very specific thing that's tied into diners. And I think, I think their sort of intent is to create a deli kind of restaurant thing, if that makes any sense. Like mm-hmm. diner, diner is something else entirely. Like there's a, like, if you think about Katz's deli or you think about like, you know, the sort of deli restaurants, I think that's what they were going for in California. Like, you know, diner, I feel like is it's a, it's a cozier thing. Like, you know, you think about like the, the, the sort of like comfy, like the benches with like the cushions, you know, there's a, there's a particular set of lighting when you go into a diner, there's like this very familiar aesthetic and feel to it. And it's like every random place you walk into, whether it's like, you know, upstate New York or like, you know, Arizona, like when someone is creating a diner, that's where that feel is. I think, I think they tried to, the, his his family tried to sort of create this, the, the, the restaurant deli part mm-hmm. of that makes sense at all. Because I think it would be very difficult because nobody can be great at every single different kind of cooking. And so you, uh, I think that this would be a hard, there was a Zimmers, is that what it was yeah, called? Zimmers. Yeah, Zimmers would be a hard, concept to pull off I think uh because they're just trying to do so much I think it really depends like if they are as successful as they seem to be out there I mean again like I don't know what the climate is in LA like and the climate in LA is like in terms of like restaurants and stuff so I I can't really Mm -hmm. say as much but like you know, if you've got your clientele, which is what they seem to have, you know, they seem to have like, whether like all of the things on the menu are fantastic, who knows, you know, because everybody probably has their favorites and like, you know, I will be going in and ordering poutine. That's for sure. Um, (laughs) 
Yeah, I mean, they, they you have something like Cheesecake Factory is also in that same kind of concept where they have the huge menu, but they have the the through line of sort of cheesecake as being the mm-hmm. the 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 binding thing, the continuous yeah. thing. So I don't know. It's an interesting idea, but that was how they tried to kind of show contrast between these two. Yeah. You have like, because you needed to have some kind of contrast because otherwise it would be just be like two two delis. Yeah, and like what exactly and like what new extra thing with like something like Zimbers be bringing to New York like mm-hmm. what would they be trying to do there yeah so they are going to try to open a new restaurant in the east side of New York yep and so he goes over there uh he has a um a rental short-term rental uh it turns out it's in her building and uh and then uh they have a meet cute at the mailbox funny aside um my brother lives in Brooklyn his front door hates me like the front door to his apartment hates me yeah it's it difficult is, it's got this like metal sort of outer outer covering and like uh-huh. this very particular way of opening the door it mm-hmm. does not like me I have yeah. never like successfully opened it semi-regularly like by myself and like my, I, I was watching my nephew at one point in the guy, and the poor little guy was like, are you okay? You can do it. And I was like, <laughs> oh my God, <laughs> when he was, when he was younger. And I was just like, oh my God, that's but funny. watching that sequence with the, with the mailboxes, that's what that reminded me of. And Yeah, it was funny. And you have this like classic <laughs> New York lady who's just very, very sharp with him about it. Oh my God, and, <laughs> The neighbor, you know, the, the resident, you know, true crime obsessed conspiracy. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. It felt like... Only Murders in the Building. Yes, <laughs> that's what I said. I was like, I bet Julie's been watching Only Murders in the Building. <laughs> uh, but uh, but they have the meet cute at the mailbox. And she it was, it was so funny. She, she's like, you're not my type. My type is men who can't, who, <laughs> type is men who can open a mailbox without help. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> That was so cute and funny. Yeah. And they just had great chemistry between the they two did. of they them. Were, they were wonderful. Like. Yeah. And I died laughing when her mom gives her the swan. Yeah. And, and I, I was opened- I was already laughing at that. That was really funny yeah. to me. What and- killed me was when she opened the fridge and all the swans and I'm just dying. Yes. Like, oh so then I added God. even more. I was already laughing. And then she opens her fridge and this whole swan. <laughs> I was like, this is amazing. <laughs> it was so funny. Yeah. I loved that. It reminded me of a, there's a great uh, um, uh, Ray Romano comedy album, really funny, where he talks, he talks about there's not much difference between Jewish and Italian mothers, yeah. and they're, they're the food mothers, and he's like, they'll yeah. chase you down with a salon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, uh, he says uh, that <laughs> there that everything in his mother's house is is waiting for a visit from uh from the Pope or Chatsi. <laughs> it's like plates that have never been used. Yeah. <laughs> uh, really funny. Yeah. So that I thought that was a great joke. That, <laughs> but like, like my my family like leftovers get like fought over like when my brother visits like my brother and my sister-in-law visit my brother's like ma and it's like my mom's like 
yeah I mean I, I say I like it when my mom gets and I go home from like Thanksgiving I was at my parents and they sent me home with a whole bunch of yeah <laughs> leftovers it's great oh, yeah. uh, but uh, but so both of the bulbas talk to them about this matchmaker who has a hundred percent uh track record yep. um, and uh, so they agree to do it to kind of just placate the parents yeah. <laughs> And this matchmaker, the whole thing is that you're not allowed to use the internet and you have to write letters to each other. She, they even have uh, messengers that are there every day to get the, the letters. And, uh, and I really liked the doorman. He was, was amazing. very fun. Very like, very traditional, very typical, like very like within your doorman, which is kind mm-hmm. of, I love it. So eventually he's just to the messenger guy. He's like, I can, I can do this. I can handle it. Yeah. And uh, so he gets kind of invested and being like, "Hmm, are you sure about that? Read the letter or whatever. I was, I I loved it. I loved how he slowly like became um, Jacob's confidant in the situation. Like the way that it worked, it was really, really interesting. It was like, in terms of like the cast, it was like Mm -hmm. their families and the doorman. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah, that was the link. And between. like usually there's like a friend or two, you know, yeah. at this time, not so much. And it's interesting how that got played, got it's organized. true. It's true. Yeah, there was no like Dave Chappelle character in uh in um you've got mail, mm-hmm. you know, that's his like sidekick. There was yeah. it wasn't really anything like it was the doorman. Was, You're right. The best friend, there's no nothing, like there's <laughs> you know. And so literally they had to confide in each other. Mm-hmm. And I just loved the whole, the whole letter writing part of it yeah. was so good. Mm-hmm. I, and he's, she starts out Shalom. And he says this, right. This writing only thing has its perks because it forces you to kind of take your time and think about every word that you're writing, yep. which you don't have in texts and things like that. And, and, uh, and so I thought that was just so endearing and it just it helped you get to know the characters so well. Yeah, it did. Um, mm-hmm. And like, I, you know, I was watching him write his first letter, like trying to figure out what the heck he was going to say. And like the, I watched like that the papers accumulate. I'm like, yep, yeah, mm-hmm. that, that's mm-hmm. writer's block if I've ever seen it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, like. Well, and they had such a cute second meetup when it, it, she's passing out the flyers uh, mm-hmm. and he, he's like, Oh, Gilbert's a little dated. <laughs> I'm just like, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then he apologizes and, uh, and it was yeah. great. It was just it great was, banter. Like once, like, again, like, you know, it, it, it showed him as the, as the, he was the fish out of water character. Yes. He was the fish out of water character who didn't really understand very much about the history, not only of the restaurant, but of the area. Right. And like they used his character in that way, which I thought Mm -hmm. was genius. Ho, ho, ho. We'd like to take a second and thank our sponsor for this episode of the podcast. It's the Hallmarkies Patreon. Do you love Hallmarkies podcasts, especially at Christmas? Do you enjoy the holiday previews, recaps, interviews, and bonus episodes? If the answer is yes, please consider supporting the Hallmarkies Patreon. We need your help to do what we do both during the Christmas season and all year round. 
But not only do you help a podcast led by strong, independent women by becoming a Patreon, you get to become a part of the Hallmarkies family. Starting at only $2 a month as a patron, you will have access to our Facebook Patreon group where we talk about the movies, shows, and more all year. We also have many monthly patron watch-alongs with guests like Lacey Chabert, Natalie Hall, Paul Campbell, Mary Lou Henner, and more, giving their behind-the-scenes details of their films. As a patron, you also have the chance to provide input into the podcast and even join us at different tiers. So this Christmas season, spread some cheer to the Hallmarkies Patreon and become a member today. You won't regret it. Go to patreon.com slash Hallmarkies to learn more. That's patreon.com slash Hallmarkies. We even understand his own family, not by his own fault. No, it was his grandmother. It was his mommy who was keeping everything secret, which which does happen. Like it was a genuine contrast between like how her family, everybody knows everything and everybody's up in everybody else's business and they Mm -hmm. all live together and it's wonderful. And then his family, all you see is like them in the restaurant. You don't see them at home. You know, you see them like working together, but like, how do they, you know, do they live together? What are they like? There's, there's that implied separation between them as opposed to her family. Yeah. Like they're close, but they're not all all up on each other, you know, for lack of a better. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point that his family seemed a a little bit more separated from him a little bit, like still close, but not, yeah, I agree. Not Mm -hmm. the same as her family. Yeah. So they have this outdoor menorah lighting and our friend Hannah from when kiss means forever. She's, she said she's Jewish. She says she's never heard of an outdoor uh menorah lighting and i've julie responded back and said oh, like with an example she had a a, yep. a, a thing there, so quite a number of years ago actually I, I think about um jennifer grayson's holidays in manhattan i mean i mm-hmm. i researched this beforehand but like there it's it was the interfaith book that sort of heralded and opened the door for miracles and menorahs yeah and they talk about the central park menorah lighting um the Chabad in Central Park and there's also one in Borough Park like the world's biggest menorah where they come up in cherry pickers that's the one that Julie shared and then last year and then last year in Edmonton too they did that um Zach Hyman plays for the Edmonton Oilers was involved in that Edmund that menorah lighting like they do it all over the place Mm -hmm. like it's you know maybe like 10-15 years ago it wasn't a thing but it's becoming more of one and I think one of the reasons why like I think it was it was 2020, like about the light in the window, like talking about like one of the biggest things about Hanukkah isn't just like let's light the candles and blast them. No, no, no. It's literally let's display this menorah for everybody to see. Mm-hmm. So that I think is where it comes from. Like this yeah. idea of let's display this menorah. Well, and I think that you really need that kind of community event mm-hmm. uh, for these movies. It's just a, a part of these yeah. movies. And so even if it doesn't happen that often or it needs to happen more or whatever, like it worked for the story. It does. And also like one of the biggest things, like that's like how you celebrate the holiday, like mm-hmm. lighting, you know, blessing the candles you know, every night, that's literally like the central basis of celebration of the holiday. Like I love what they did last year with, um, with the David dig with, uh, brain's not working today. God, I'm all over the place. I'm thinking puppy for hunger. No, in fact, (laughs) 
version of uh, Mao Zora that was la- that was in last year's movie was be- was beautiful uh-huh. and like yeah that was that was like part of the event and like I I I will never stop sobbing at the fact that they're saying the blessing song in a movie. Well, that's like, one that I th- thing I thought really worked in Double Holiday with uh with Palaha that the way yeah. that they had him learning the prayers each night and showing uh and the family kind of welcoming him into their celebrations yeah uh i thought that was really great and uh and so yeah i think that that's that's a really nice way to kind of use the tropes that we know and love from these movies but apply it to hanukkah yeah like it works um, I mean, like, you know, the, the sort of central idea of like the perfect tree, like the perfect mm-hmm. holiday, like yeah, menorahs don't grow in a forest. You can't just go, so you've got to find the menorah, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And they, they even had like little scenes where they talked about, oh, it's getting, the wax is getting built up. Yeah. And, uh, and so you got to put it in the freezer. Like, yeah. Oh, that's clever. That like, and it's, it, it was interesting because like, you intrinsically know about this stuff, but like this year more than any otherwise is your different follow all others. Anyway, that's a we're mm-hmm. aside. Um, you have I've seen like five different videos before this movie about like this is how you clean out your menorah, like whether it's on TikTok or Instagram. <laughs> it was kind of amazing. I'm like this is genius, <laughs> and then I see it in the movie, and I'm like, yeah. okay. <laughs> now we're cooking oh my God. And they have they have this hanukkah song contest at, yes. the, uh, at the at the gilberts and uh and it was great they were like yeah. nothing rhymes with lacus i loved it i was like this is fantastic um i loved like the different sort of ways that people are like you know oh my God, oh my God. like i thought of a friend of mine who's who's like um sort of theme in life is spelling Hanukkah the most ridiculous ways like she recently posted on Twitter like okay this is my most recent creation (laughs) hilarious but like you know it captures like all of these like moments that everybody has you know within the context of the holiday like you know how do you spell it it's a Hebrew you know and the answer of course is that it's a Hebrew word you know however transliteration as long as you put it you know as long as it remotely looks correct that's great you know (laughs) I just do it the way that a Hallmark is doing it. Yeah, I have a tendency to switch depending on what context. Like, yeah, if, if it sounds right in a certain way. If it looks right, if it's alliteration, great. You know, H or C <laughs> depends. Yeah, but I'm, I'm, I'm. It can be tricky. Flexible. Yeah, yeah. Not being flexible, I am not. But like, <laughs> like a Hanukkah transliteration spelling, I am very flexible. Yeah. So then Lisa Loeb comes on this, just, it was really funny. This song, it was like Hanukkah, Hanukkah, Hanukkah. Like, oh, it was great. I was like, oh my God. But yeah, that was what I was talking about with the different spellings. I was like, yeah. it was like inside or outside joke. And I was like, I thought of my friend who, who, as I said, I thought of my friend when I was like watching that, I'm like, she would get out of it. She didn't mention it when she, when she saw the movie, but she was like, <laughs> so I definitely and- and and so she gets up and she sings her song and it's a great song. It is. And uh, and she, she wasn't in the movie quite as much as I thought she was going to be. I thought she'd have like a more like actual part, but uh, but uh, but it, you know, it's a good it's a good song. And it like was. I said, much better than last year where they were just doing weird yes. songs. And maybe as I said, maybe maybe they heard us. Like maybe yeah. they were like, we're gonna like get an actual like, really good like 
an actual like beneficial like real yes. song you know to, to put in here which I loved I mm-hmm. as I said I think like everything about this movie cements the fact that Hanukkah is here to stay and that mm-hmm. like when they were um advertising the movie they were like and here you know and Lindsay Sterling who I love and Lisa Loeb and I was like what wait what what what, what? you know hold back like roll back a little bit and I was like oh. <laughs> Yeah. And I was in Virginia, like earlier, like sort of in the middle, late November, and she mentioned it on her, um, was it Sirius XM show, I think is what it is. Which one? Uh, Lisa? Uh, Lisa Loeb has a show oh. on Sirius, I think. Okay. And cool. she was like, and I'm doing this movie and it's going to be great. And I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> more of this, please. It was great. It was really fun. Was. And of course she wins. Yeah, and uh, and then he's there at their restaurant, and I was kind of glad they didn't make like a bigger deal. Of, I thought it was going to all be this big thing of like, oh, he, he's you know tasting all their food, and he's from the competition or whatever. But but you know, she was a little bit irritated, but it you know it didn't it didn't uh, go on too long. And she says, real delis don't serve fajitas and fettuccine Alfredo. Uh, and, uh, he says, I should have, she says, I, I should have known all that charm of yours was just a bunch of, and he says, Oh, you think I'm charming? I was like, don't change is- the subject. Yes. I was like, that is amazing. That was so good. Well yes. done, Julie there. And, <laughs> and, uh, then, so that, that was kind of that they realized kind of who they are and everything and, and what he's doing. And, so you yep. get this kind of enemies to lovers a little bit kind of dynamic, mm-hmm. but not really. Yeah, I mean, they were pretty much into each other from very early on, Yes, which right. surprised me actually, like how pretty early on she's like, oh, he's cute. I like him. <laughs> but I think that's more realistic, you know, yeah. like, you know, it's kind of like when you're dealing with a rival, especially when you're dealing with the, the confines of space and time of a Hallmark movie, right? Yeah. It's more realistic, especially if he's hot. She's going to notice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She's and, totally going to notice. That <laughs> but I feel like most know. of these movies don't do that, though. They carry it on. The enemies to lovers too long. But there's, and this is just like the very beginning. And but pretty much early on, she's like, oh, I like it. <laughs> there's also like there's so much else that is in this movie. Like you've got multiple tropes playing along you've got so many different things that like have to be dealt with and resolved it's a much layered movie so like if you spend too much time on one trope you're like okay so 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 how does this one resolve which is actually something that I have an issue which we will talk about when we get to that point and I loved the whole conversation when he quotes Ben Franklin says when you finish changing you're finished yeah and then he's she says Without our traditions, our life would be as shaky as a fiddler on the roof. And he's never seen fiddler on the roof, which seems crazy. And she says, are you even Jewish? Well, well, here's, here's the interesting, here's the interesting thing. Like I thought it was hilarious, but also like, so like this sort of traditional and, and this is, this is one of the great things about this movie. I was thinking about this, like mm-hmm. two Jews, three opinions, right? Like, yeah. and one of the one of my favorite like older books that was formative to me in my writing is a book by Deirdre Martin called Chasing Stanley. And my buddy Lori, who lives in LA, and other people who I've talked to, like have like said that this, you know, her family is stereotypical, like this is not good. 
But like at the same time, for me, it was formative because I was like, that's my family now. That, you know, like that opened the door to me being able to write hockey romance. And I think, yeah, so well, stereotypes exist for a reason. Right. They, exactly. because they, they're usually like heightened examples of, of what exactly. we see a lot. But my, my point is that, yes, for me, I was young, you know, my parents who grew up in the Bronx, you know, like decided that it was important for me. And so literally like I saw, I saw Topol on Broadway, Hmm. you know, the last, like that last kind of like round of shows that he did on Broadway for Fiddler. I was there, I was in high Hmm. school, Yeah, you know? not everybody has like other people connect to their Jewishness differently. Like some people like, you know, Fiddler on the Roof is like a, a central part of certain Jewish cultures, but not all of them. And I, again, like, I love the way that like they were showing those differences between mm-hmm. them and also using him as a fish out of water. But at the same time, like not everybody's formative Jewish experiences are the same. Yeah, that, that I agree. I, it was, it was great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah, and, uh, and so then he says, I think there's room for both of us on this street. Yeah. And, uh, and so again, they didn't really play up like in, you've got mail or shop around the corner. They're sort of enemies really much. Yeah. I mean, it was very mild in this and, uh, I um, Ooh, sorry. Go I ahead. think this was also where they were talking about the tenant museum. And I think that they were mm. like, there was so much more like it's again, you know, enemies to lovers is important, but if you spend too much time on it, you're going to lose time to talk about other things. Yeah. And like, you know, you focus on their hatred and he's not going to listen to her when she's talking about history. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, like she's like, you know, right over there, you know, my grant, my family. And like, it, this is important. I didn't re- like, you don't realize how important this conversation is about where her grandparents stayed when they came to the United States yes. later, but nevertheless, it's important for a lot of different reasons, but also like, the Lower East Side um, is a formative location in so many different ways. You think about Jewish culture, you think about Russell's daughters, you think about like New York Jewish culture and like where it started and why. Um, there's a whole bunch of different places. I don't want to go into too much detail, but nevertheless, like this is where this important conversation happens. And I figure, as I said, if they're if they're still focusing on being enemies, they're not going to have this impact, and he's not going to be he's not going to start to listen to her. Mm-hmm. she's yeah. already listening to him in terms of like all of the events that they're having but like you know in conjunction with the candle with the menorah lighting every night but like at the same time he is now going to start listening to her about history I agree and one of my favorite lines in the whole movie which was really surprising to me was when he finds the lucky penny and he says I believe in God because every time I'm feeling down I get a little sign yep which usually you don't have outright sort of statements of belief for a character in a Hallmark movie, uh, unless it's a particular like day spring, you know, with a, yeah. or a particular religious movie. So that was really refreshing just to have it be this, it wasn't like a big part of his character. It wasn't like, yep. you know, it was just this like little moment where we got to know this little side of him. I thought that was very nice. Was, yeah, it was awesome. I really mm-hmm. liked that. Yeah. Uh, and then I, I died laughing with the, uh, the, the latka, the frozen potatoes conversation <laughs> between her grandparents. Mm-hmm. And this is, uh, I've used them in a pinch. Yep. I love, <laughs> yeah, says, like her, the, the guy, her grandfather's, their mom, grandpa's dating. I love it. I love it. Yeah. It's so funny. Cause like, I think about like this time of year and like all the random, like hash brown commercials. I'm like, yeah, kind of like a commercial. Like, yeah. I, it's, I, you know, I, I, 
it's, it would be so easy for like a company like you know a sour cream company to be like the applesauce alternative you know right you know yeah. one word, like <laughs> they think about like well you know all these people are like oh yeah you know frozen frozen hash browns i'm like well maybe because with them what what is what is it? yeah but it was so funny when the yeah. grandma says you hear that stand it's the sound of your parents rolling their graves yeah. <laughs> that was great we'd like to take a second and thank our sponsor for this episode of the podcast it's the hallmarkies merch store are you looking for that perfect gift for the postable hardy or hallmarkie in your life what about getting that t-shirt or hoodie that will help you stand out at your next holiday party now is the time to check out the hallmarkies merch store full of festive designs by artists like Jessica Miller, Carrie from Walmart Comics, and more. You can even have more than just shirts, but totes, cell phone cases, notebooks, mugs, and more. And it isn't just Hallmark. We have designs for Anna Green Gables, Man from Snowy River, The Nanny, and more. Every purchase at the merch store goes to help support the podcast and allows us to make the great content you know and love. There are frequent sales, so go to tpublic.com slash stores slash Hallmarkies or see the link in the description. That's tpublic.com slash stores slash Hallmarkies. We have the whole jelly donut making class. Yes. And uh, and yeah, that is a part of Hanukkah, right? Maybe it is, jelly absolutely. Donuts? Yeah. So like the whole thing about Hanukkah is, is that like foods have to be fried. That's it. Like, you know, Hanukkah foods are fried because of the miracle. That's kind of how it goes. The donuts are sifkani yot. And like, if you look at um they are fantastic and wonderful um Fred's Bakery in New York does them every year like you know um I was gonna say do you have a place that you get modern bread and bagel who which is gluten-free which I love um also has them this year um someone I know on Instagram posted like a whole bunch of them that she brought to her office um this week and I was like I want one now um I have not gotten one yet unfortunately but (laughs) But there are there are definitely amazing places. I know. I was like, ooh, I need to check out my local deli. That's right? like, look like good. Yeah, no. And they are they are <laughs> filled, they are filled jelly donuts mm-hmm. that are fried. So uh so they have this little Hanukkah party mm-hmm. at the I guess the community center or something. Again, yeah. he shows up again. Yes. And <laughs> uh and so she has her trick for eating bagels. Yes. And it's uh, it's capers into the cream cheese so they don't yep. roll around, mm-hmm. and then the tomato and the onion and the lox and everything. And I I'm with her. I think yeah, it's a smart strategy. I'm totally with her. I could totally see that working. <laughs> it's fantastic. I mean, me like you know, I I I like my white fish spread. You know, first you know. Oh okay. I would put the white with fish the lox. Yeah. Oh. With or without, depending. But like, yes, I am. I am that person. Like. <laughs> you know, you know, stick me in the middle of an appetizing situation. I am all over everything. Give it to me all of it. Yeah, it was really good. And what you think of the transitions of the food? I thought that was clever that the was way that cute. they had, it was fun. That was really cute. Yeah. It's like, um, it took me a while to realize what was going on, but it was really, really cute. I was like, this yeah. is making me hungry. I'm like, what's going on? I'm like, fun. oh, yes. And, and so they uh he's like is this a jewish candid camera <laughs> i was like oh my god oh ellen uh, and so they said the deli was a gathering place an oasis for them a place yep. where they could feel at home uh mm-hmm. he says it's like the oil in the hanukkah story yeah again like going back to the conversations about history and about the tenement museum and about mm-hmm. like sort of where jews 
gathered and where you know and where they went on the lower east side again like this plot line i keep saying this but like this is a 200 300 level plot line yeah that i would never have expected in a million years to see in a hallmark movie but it is here and it was so good it was it was fantastic yeah. like again like the kevin pang article like if you look up um the synagogue at eldred street it will tell you a lot more as well um there are tons of different resources and yeah. um like it's it's just amazing you should so. if you can email me some of those i'll put them in the description if people Absolutely. want it. i think that would be good so sure. he watches fiddler on the roof he says i watched it when you shamed me into it yes <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> he says, I don't want to do anything to hurt your business. Yep. Uh, and he got a lucky penny from her in the cards. So he has two lucky pennies now, which is just endearing. And he says, uh, I actually do care about the restaurant, the, your family and you. Mm-hmm. And this is when she says that she's been writing letters. Yes. And, and to this guy and, uh, and she says, I'm thoughtful and kind. And my mom thinks I'm hilarious. And, uh, and then she says, I'm, pr- I promised my grandma I'd see this through. And, uh, and so he finds out before yep. her about this, which is always, I think the case in this story, yeah. it seems like the, the men always find out first. Yeah. So then what they're going to do. Uh, but, uh, it's, it's really cute. And She's, mm-hmm. they decide that she's going, they, she's going to meet him for lunch and, uh, and, and then let's see, sorry. Oh, so then they have, they also have this movie night yes. at the restaurant where they I watch loved, Chaplin. I loved this. I loved this whole sequence about how it went. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved how, because of course, one of the things about the Lower East Side is that it is not very far from Little Italy and Chinatown, (laughs) excuse me. And so like the communities where all the immigrants came initially and like the heritage of all of the places that still remain, they're close by. And of course, like, she's like, yeah, I've got friends who are gonna call, wonderful. Like, and there were really cool collaborations. I know Edith's in Brooklyn has something. And I think there have been a couple of different locations that have these collaborations with Chinese Chinese places and it's just really really cool um to see like that kind of mm-hmm. that kind of being yeah spoken about in the movie you know in the conversation mm-hmm. about the movie so yeah well and and so he decides maybe she's right maybe change maybe we change too much maybe we aren't ready to open here so uh he's getting ready and I just the conversation between him and the doorman when he says uh, I can't wait another day to tell her how I feel. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's so good. And so then she tells her family that Jacob's uh, family owns Zimmer's and they're, they're kind of shocked at first. And then they're like, he is a good man. Yes. And, uh, and so she's going off to, to meet him. Uh, she's got the high heels. Uh, <laughs> She is like dressed to kill in a way that's like, and I love that because she's usually, she's like very casual about what she wears. She's not casual a dresser, but she's casual about what she wears. This mm-hmm. time it matters. That's and true. Tell the shoes, yeah. the dress, the whole business, the bag, very like. Yeah. She's stepping up her game. Yep. She's got her yeah. armor on, you know, I think. <laughs> Yes. And so then just as he's about to go, his parents show up 
Of course, and they they're upset. Yes. Yep. <laughs> Uh, Graham, the grandma's annoyed and she's she's upset that there's no Hanukkah in the hotel. Yep. It's all Christmas trees. Yep. And, uh, and I love this. I have to say, like, this is only the second time I've heard this mentioned in a Hallmark movie, the first of which was like, oh God, where was it? The One of the earlier movies this year, and it was actually like the oh, guy, um, what was his name? He's been in a couple movies. I think it's Sevier, his name, his last name is Sevier, maybe. And like he was a the piano player who got broken up with. Oh, oh, um, I th- that was a, the Noel next door. Yes, I think. Yes, right. okay. And Corey like, Sevier. Yes. Yes, him. And like I was like the first time. So the first time I heard this conversation, oh, you know, there's, where's the rest of it? Where's Hanukkah? Where's Diwali? Blah, 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 blah. I was like, oh my God, this is, this is, wait, 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 what? What did I just hear? And then this is the second time I heard it. So I was like, this is fantastic. It was good. So then she tells this whole story about how the, her mother actually lived on the East side, dreamed of having a deli on the East side, then ended up out in California and they built the deli there. But the reason why she so wants to have the deli on the East side Legacy, is to yeah, fill this dream of her mother. Yep. And he had never even heard the story before, but he's so moved. He's like, Oh no, now we have to do it. Yeah. Yeah. It was of course great. it's, it's Bobby. It's her, it's her, it's her wish. Like now he realizes that it isn't just Westward eastward expansion. Mm-hmm. This is literally like the fruition of his Bobby's dream. And like now he has the context of why right. it's important. And now he knows why it's important to his family too. Yes. And so he's like so torn because he yes. is just in love with this woman. What is he going to say? And she's going to be upset. And and he does call. And I liked that he called and told that he was running late, but yeah, he misses. Yeah. And then you get this great scene where she is just, what is she going to do? And she writes the goodbye letter to David because she realizes she's in love with Jacob. And, uh, and so even though he wasn't there, uh, she, she writes the letter and it was so good. It was. Uh, And Jacob's the one. I saw the light. Oh, which of course is perfect for Hanukkah. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then the grandma, I think it was one of them says if his stupid deli takes us out of business he's dead to me yeah that was her that was her puppy (laughs) so she uh she breaks she breaks up with david uh and he's like she wants to be with me oh yeah wonder wonder miracles and miracles yes yeah Uh, so then he tells her that they signed the deal and you could see like he was so torn about it and i and felt so bad the whole so like this this what's this is what's coming up this is this is where they lost me this is this is the one quibble i have uh-huh and like here's here's the thing we know this is the third act breakup we know we were going to have the third act breakup i'm not quite sure how to make it better mhm the problem was that there were so many things that they were having issues about, as it were, that there were so many different things. And mm-hmm. to me, it didn't 
it wasn't clear enough which one of them was the straw that broke the camel's back for her that she b- breaks up and them like, for this time period and it's like which which one is the problem like i understand this is over i know what this is I, you know i'm familiar with this structure but like yeah it it's true it because was, the thing that seems to be the most she gets upset about which is like that he knew for three days that she was bad and I don't really understand why that is the particular yeah, thing that, that annoying. That, oh, you lied to me, kind of a thing. But like they were reaching, she was reaching for the double deception, and it didn't quite land. And yeah. I was like, I do yeah. think that's fair. I do. I think that's fair that that's uh, that. But I do think also she kind of realizes that she's being stupid, so it didn't yeah. bother me that much that she was being it stupid. Is, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, like like later it got. She was like, no, like I I under like. But that particular moment, I was like, <laughs> yeah, that's, I agree. I actually that agree. Was, that was that. my one big story quibble. And it hurt because I was like, this is, this has been so amazing up until this point. <laughs> and now I'm like, oh God, I'm like, please. I'm like, I, and, uh, you know, it, it, it feels like you're trying to, you, they were, she was trying to make a French braid and messed up one of the, you know, and messed yeah, up one of and I'm like, I can see that. Well, so then they tell the Bobies everything and the Bobies want a refund for the matchmaker. That was hilarious. That whole scene with the two of them was fantastic. That was so funny. I could, I could totally see my grandmother. And then they challenge, and then they challenge everybody to, uh, to, they make a bet about the, uh, who who has the best lock kiss and at the battle of the Bobbies. And uh, this is applesauce or sour cream. They both say both. <laughs> now I know you ha- you have strong feelings about this, right? I what do. You- I I grew up in a kosher house. Uh huh. Um. So for me as a kid, and I also like sweet and sour. I also like the sweet and salty mix. I love uh-huh. those combinations. I'm like, give me all the salted caramel in the universe. So yeah. clearly, I'm going to reach for the, the the sweet thing with the salty. Uh-huh. So I love, I very much love the, you know, my apples, my lock is dipped in applesauce. Okay. Um, yeah. I have discovered this year, the, the joy of dairy-free sour cream. Oh, I have not, I am not going to dip my lock in it, but I do like that it exists. Is that like coconut or something? I'm like, not they exactly make it out of? sure. Huh. All I know is that I tried it and it, it was, was good. It, and my stomach was happy about it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Without going into detail. Yeah. But yeah. Um, but so like- they, they make the latkes. And if you want my, my friend, Samantha Ferrara, she has a, um, a blog and she specializes in uh, a well Mediterranean and Jewish cooking. Mm-hmm. And uh, she has so many different ways to make latkes on yes. her website. Um, really I also, fun. I also love, um, Malia who does mm-hmm. oh yeah farm. I love her stuff and then um Jamie Way on Instagram I think her her handle is chopsticks meets meets fork mm-hmm. and she shared a daikon sweet potato recipe latka recipe that I almost lost my mind over and mm-hmm. I actually probably lost my mind over and most of the stuff she does is this like really cool Taiwanese Jewish fusion and Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And Samantha also has a bunch of the rubelec, the oh, rubel, rubel? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Make the latkes and they realize they were exactly the same. <laughs> and uh, then they pull out the recipes and they have uh, the 
the same exact recipes. She said on Julie Sherman Wolf said on Twitter that Elizabeth Yost, who's one of the uh, producers executives uh, at Hallmark, that she that her Elizabeth's grandmother wrote a letter about her journey and the friendship she made, and this was the spark behind the big twist. And uh, so that was how they got this whole idea of the the friends on the boat and the letters and everything. And thought that was very sweet. I love it. Um, Fun fact about me. Um, So in Yiddish, my uh, in my my Hebrew name is Sarah, but when I first learned my name, I learned it as Sora. Oh, really? Yeah. That's cool. Like, yeah. So Sora Hinda. And so when I heard that, I was like, oh, yeah. I know. It made me tear up. Just the, I mean, just family, the, them realizing they had this connection. It was so sweet. I loved it. Like, yeah, no, it was, it was, Mm -hmm. it was fantastic on so many different levels. Like listening to, like hearing that story, hearing the friends, hearing like the Ellis coming through Ellis Island together. Like that was like, for me, like one of those, as I said, one of those moments and like, you know, like one of the things I was thinking about in terms of like the names and the language, like I am a generation that watched Yiddish being taken out of the family related picture. My grandparents Mm -hmm. spoke Yiddish. My parents did not. So like, I could see like, like that sort of aspect of culture being kind of removed in a lot of ways. So like seeing that, like sort of what's the word? Um, Not like fully stated, but like kind of like, you know, not like, Mm -hmm. like, linked to I guess like so yeah in their like, underlying plot line like that was that was fantastic yeah that again really four, 300 400 level like Jewish culture plot lines being explored on Hallmark Channel I think I literally if someone had told me this 10 years ago you would have been able to knock me over with a feather <laughs> yes. and uh, and guys and the, they say I pray to God that she's happy mm-hmm. they were on the same ship it was so sweet and then yeah and then they, uh, so they're talking uh, together and they said that think of all the miracles that had to happen to get us together. It was so sweet. And, and then they, we feel the same way about each other. And, uh, and they, then there's one last chance for me to be everything you fell for with David. Yeah, that was, that was, that was Good. sweet. Like, as I said, like they, they messed up, you know, the, the third act breakup was, a little messy they stuck the landing yeah they they captured all of these messy like issues and were like they actually like because to get that perfectly beautiful ending like you actually had to address the fact that it was a whole mess yeah yeah and that she was being kind of stupid and sometimes that happens we be we're sort of petty and stupid and Mm -hmm. and she's they said we're soulmates we're beshirt and I know about Bashert because I'm, you know, I'm a big nanny fan Mm -hmm. and uh, there's a really big episode when they almost break up after they've gotten engaged because of various shenanigans and, uh, and she at one point gives, uh, and it was, and then his brother, anyway, so she gives back the ring at at one point in the episode and then she comes back and she says, you know, we're Bashert means meant to be. And, uh, and we're naked without each other, just like my finger. <laughs> it's a great episode. Um, and uh, so I already knew that word 
because of, and that was one of the great things about the nanny is that it just effort, effortlessly incorporated Jewish yep. culture into the show and uh, in, in such a fun way. And, and this great thing that Fran did in, in that. And yeah. anyway, uh, so we find out that they're opening a new deli and it's going to be uh, the two of them. Because we had gotten hints that the problem, that they were having problems at Gilbert's with that the building was getting kind of old. And so it kind of made sense for them as well that they would do this collaboration instead. And uh, so open a new deli. And uh, then the matchmaker says, I've still got it. <laughs> yep. I love it. So good. I just love this movie. I think it is so good. Uh, So I, like we said at the beginning, I give this a five out of five. It was great. Five out of five. So good. Even with that third act breakup issue, I still love it enough to think. Yeah. Yes. Because it's, you know, there are certain things that you cannot discount. Can't. Yeah. You can't. Like, and this was this is definitely like a sign like Hanukkah is here to stay like yeah. like this was this was beautiful like I love I love her movies anyway but this one this one they had such great chemistry the banter was so good I loved the whole letter writing uh sort of motif involved I loved the families I thought that was great uh they're just everything it was just a really great movie and uh, this would be definitely one that I feel like I could recommend to people who had never seen a, a Hallmark movie or didn't think they yeah. liked them. I, my friend Matt was just saying that he watched the the Holiday Sitter, which was great, and yeah, this. He, and uh, I was like, it. like once I get my butt off deadline, I am totally watching that because oh, like, so good, uh, so good. So there we go. We talked about it. Oh. <laughs> Let us know what you think about this movie. We would love to hear your thoughts in the comment section or on Twitter. And we're so excited about your new book, Stacy. So keep us posted, updated on all of that. And if people want to find you on social media or your books, where can they do that? Um, I am at my Stacy on Twitter, S Agdern on Instagram, TikTok, though I do not actually post anything on TikTok. I just comment on things. Um, and CCA Agdern on Facebook. The website is ccagdern.com and my books are available wherever books are sold. And you can find me at Rachel's Reviews, all of our social media, iTunes, YouTube, and on Rotten Tomatoes. So check that out. And uh, yeah, we can't find us on Facebook, but we are on TikTok and we've been having a lot of fun actually on there. So check that out. And uh, and we're on all the other social medias at Hallmarkies Pod and Hallmarkies Podcast. And, uh, and if you are listening on iTunes, please leave your ratings and reviews. It really helps us a lot. People find it to be able to find us. And if you are watching on YouTube, please give the video a thumbs up and subscribe to the channel. We appreciate that so much. We also have the patron group, which is a lot of fun and a great way to support the pod. And you get watch alongs and other fun things like we've done with Julie a couple of times. So check that out. And, uh, and then we also have the merch store, which has tons of fun, festive designs and uh, everything for the postable Hallmarky and Hardy in your life. So check that out. And uh, thanks so much, Stacey. It's always fun. Thank you so much for having me. Look forward to even, I don't know how they top this, but we'll look forward to next year. I cannot wait to see what happens. (laughs) It's going to be fun. I would love to see Passover next. Yes. That would be fun. (laughs) All right. Bye everyone. Bye.